In past seasons, we talked about the general idea of spiritual abuse and wounded resistors, processing the pain of leaving a spiritually abusive community, and I shared our Ramsey Solutions story. This season, I want to dig deeper into what it looks like to process pain. We're going to talk about grief. You know how when there's a crack in your and you're like your iPhone screen, right? And you're yeah, like, this you can still is, use it. This is okay. And then suddenly you're like dodging broken pieces of glass to not cut your finger. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I had just some little hairline fractures that I was kind of daintily stepping around. Mm-hmm. And, and then all of a sudden, it was like in Mission Impossible or something where like, you have that little like creaky noise, but it's okay. And then the next thing you know, you're like in the floor of a warehouse and you're not really sure how you got there. I'm going to suggest that the angst, depression, anger, and irritability we're seeing all around us is the outward expression of deep inner grief. Somewhere along the way, the story many thought they were a part of turned out to be incomplete or untrue. And so hopelessness is when we've lost that story or that story, or we realize maybe that we've gotten the story wrong uh, in some ways uh, and we're in a place of disorientation and, st- and trying to find story. So st- just being disconnected, storyless uh, is almost certainly going to put you at a place of being greatly vulnerable to hopelessness. I've been doing a deep dive on all things grief and suffering. This makes me super fun at parties. It's not mm. just a couple people, but the majority of people that identified the way I did as an evangelical. Right. Yeah. Believed something and were okay with something completely different than anything I could have ever imagined. And people yeah. I love. In the book, This Too Shall Last by KJ Ramsey are these words. We've so fused our American dream with the risen Christ that when suffering enters our lives and does not leave quickly, all we know how to do is hide, judge, or despair. We've reduced the gospel to rescue, power to privilege, and hope to swift healing, reducing ourselves in the process. Western Christendom has long treated suffering like a problem to fix and a blight to hide. This season, I hope to walk us through the stages of grief. These are stages that are squishy. They bleed into each other, and we don't process grief in a way that allows us to check off boxes finishing one stage and moving on to the next. And many of us are dealing with several losses simultaneously. Especially if the abuse happens in that Christian community that previously embodied that story for you, then you're also then disconnected from the community. So it's a double disconnection. And this is why that hopelessness is deep. It's not just a passing emotion or feeling. It's getting at to the heart, the substance of what it means to have hope. As I'm recording this, we just recently passed the one-year anniversary of an attempted coup in the United States. We're two years into a pandemic that we desperately want to be over, and many of my listeners have also experienced tears in their faith communities. We're collectively mourning the loss of certainty. In between where we are now in the middle of the story and conclusion the, what it means to be in a story is to not know all of the details. What does grief look like? Is it possible to work through all these emotions without drowning in them? And what will we learn when we study our stories through the lens of grief? 
it's just sad to look back and remember those moments where I was functionally being used to minimize and dismiss his own experience. I really, truly, my first reaction was, oh, this is my trauma. This is my stuff. This is my issue. I need to own my issue. Yeah. That's what a healthy person does. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Which works if everyone involved in the relationship is similarly introspective in owning their stuff. In C.S. Lewis' work, A Grief Observed, he shares these words. It's hard to have patience with people who say there is no death or death doesn't matter. There is death. And whatever is matters. And whatever happens has consequences. And it and they are irrevocable and irreversible. Right, you're talking about the anger stage of grief. Because I really do feel like our bodies had started grieving before our brains knew what was happening. People often don't think, think there are opposites somehow, but in actuality, grief is, I think, absolutely critical to hope, at least Christian hope it is. Because, you know, what grief is to, is to say is to actually um, not try to make the current sadness or pain or loss uh, go away. Mm-hmm. And, and um, it is to acknowledge I'm in the middle of the story and I'm in a really hard part of the story. It is awkward and courageous to dare utter the words that we're hurting. Maybe we start by telling ourselves the truth that we're mad and sad. Grief is, is a lament of the loss of, of what is holy and good. I wish that I felt loved and cared for by the church, and I don't generally in this time. Join me for this season of Untangled Faith, coming Wednesday, February 9th.